I never once thought that maybe because they lived in America that their belief systems were changing too. What are my values? What do I really want to do? Time isn't running out. My journey gives me a different perspective on life. Everyone is like that. I kind of feel a little more fearless in chasing music all the way. I want you to learn that there's a difference between speaking poorly about your parents and speaking clearly about things that are affecting you. The fulfillment is not going to come without hard work. But you know in your heart kind of who you are. It's the right choice. It's 100% the right choice. When you're they see like those questions. Study in There's like a deeper meaning behind all of this. Like it's, it's how you were raised, what you were taught, what you were conditioned to believe. This is the Desi Condition. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Desi Condition. I'm the host, Tanushri, and today I'm talking to filmmaker Anisha Saban, who recently released a short film, He Comes from a Good Family, and I'll let her talk about that more herself. But Anisha, I, re- I remember like when I first saw a poster for this film and I saw the title and I was just like, I didn't know anything about it. I like just saw it for the first time. And I just remember being intrigued by the title alone because I feel like I already knew like as a South Asian female, like what this was going to be about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm very, very happy with the title. It was kind of on another working title for a long time. Um, and uh, I was never really happy with that original title. And then for some reason, this just kind of came to my mind. And like you said, it's such a, um, that's a phrase that's used so often that I just felt like it was pretty perfect. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's so funny too. What was the other title going to be? It was just going to be arranged. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, this is better. Oh, this, I for think sure. This yeah. <laughs> uh, so tell us about yourself a little bit. Um, sure. So I am a writer, director, producer. Um, I have only been making films for a little under two years. I'm very kind of new to the film world. Um, but uh, I have a day job. I work in uh, QA at Squarespace. Um, and uh, before film, uh, creatively, I was pursuing publishing. So I was kind of working on a book for about like seven years. Uh, most of my 20s was spent with that. And then, um, but I always knew I wanted to work in film. I just, I think, felt really intimidated um, whenever I thought about getting started because it just, like, you know, I didn't go to film school. I didn't, you know, all of that stuff. And um, so, yeah, I just kind of um, decided, like, uh, you know, in two thousand, or like it, it was a, I think it was two thousand nineteen. Uh, my New Year's resolution was that I was gonna uh, just actively pursue film more, and so that's what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> uh, that's great. I want to talk more about that, but before we do that, yeah. I think we would love to hear what He Comes From a Good Family is about. Sure. So um, He Comes From a Good Family is a horror short film uh, based on a girl that is pressured into an arranged marriage to a family that's supposedly very well respected. Um, But things quickly turn uh, sinister when she finds out that uh, her future in-laws are harboring a dark secret. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I actually, it's so interesting that you chose horror as a genre. Was that intentional or was that, did that kind of come from their creative process of exploring like what the 
marriage pressures are like in society, in our society? Uh, I've always really loved horror. Like I I knew I always, as a genre, it's one of my favorites. Um, And so I, you know, one of my favorite films is Rosemary's Baby. um, And I really like Ira Levin's work. Um, And I feel like horror is a genre where you really feel it. Um, It's just, it's kind of an experience. Um, So I, I, was watching Get Out by Jordan Peele. And I just really loved just the social commentary that he had and that I thought it was so smart. Um, so I was just kind of thinking about, oh, like that, that's a, like, I feel like that could be done like in the Indian culture too. And so when I was thinking of the idea of it being arranged marriage, it just felt like this was a very fitting um, genre for it, just in terms of um, that there's already so much anxiety that kind of goes into that. The concept of arranged marriage for some people, I just felt like it was a very relatable um, type of uh, subject to have in the horror genre. And I, I just thought it worked perfectly. Yeah, arranged marriage is kind of horrific. <laughs> I mean, Man, for, I can't. So for some people, it works. For some people, like, it seems like it's okay, but, you know, um, yeah, I agree. It's kind of scary. <laughs> and it was so funny because um, I saw that it was supposed to be a horror film, and I don't – I stay the hell away from comedy. Like, I watched The Sixth Sense when I was, like, I don't know, nine, ten years old. I don't know where it came out. Yeah. and. I'm like still scared of it. And that was the last movie I watched. Like that was a horror film. Oh, but the sixth sense is, is truly horrific. That's a, that's a movie <laughs> that I will, if I think about that movie before I go to sleep, it's really scary. Cause it's just, it's so, it just feels very believable. It's just like these ghosts that mm-hmm. are hanging around. And I don't know the way that movie is shot too. That movie also really messed me up when I was little. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so I just never watched a horror film again. So it's a little bit like, oh, my God, like, I don't know if I can handle watching this film because I really stay away from comedy. I mean, comedy from (laughs) from horror. Well, I appreciate Um, watching it. The word comedy just came into my brain because like, in a way, I almost thought it was comedic because I looked at it and I was like, this is my life. This is not a horror story. This is just my life. <laughs> <laughs> I really love that. Um, I really do love that. I, I, I want it. I, I also think it's very funny. I think it's a very like originally, cause this is based off of like a feature length that I wrote. And originally mm-hmm. it was more like <clears throat> comedy based and it was more like slapstick horror. Um, I just thought the concept was so ridiculous of just this girl getting an arranged marriage and then there's like a demon following her. I just, I I still think it's really funny. Um, Yeah, I kind of see it as like a dark take. I see it as like a sardonic interpretation Mm. of the arranged marriage process. I really like that. Yeah. Lovely. Um, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's great. And I actually, okay, I want to backtrack and talk about how you got to this film. Um, How did you kind of get into filmmaking? Yeah, so... um, Well, when I was really young, I always loved film. I was like, I would be very confidently like walking around being like, I'm going to be a director when I grow up. Um, But like, it was always really difficult because it was like, I didn't really have anybody like in my family or like a mentor or anybody to kind of like look up to at the time to like, really feel like that could be a possibility for me career wise. Um, And so, and, you know, my parents did want, you know, me, I have two sisters, like they did want us to have like practical careers. Um, and I've always been very creatively inclined I've you know, I, I've done like music and like I've been writing and stuff ever since I was little. Um, so my parents always <clears throat> encouraged that, but it was always more just like, you know, that should be a hobby and not like, you know, 
a career. And so, um, so yeah, I always had that love for film and then I didn't really seriously get into it. Like I said, like I was work, like, so I was in like, I was playing music for years. Um, I was in a band for like five years and right after I graduated college, um, we, the band had broken up and I was like, I need to figure out what I like, how I can use my creative outlet. And I always knew I wanted to write and I knew I, you know, I, I love storytelling. And so I was debating going into film, but then I decided to go the publishing route. Um, so then I started just, I had this idea for the book that I was writing at the time and then just started working on that. And then um, kind of like how I touched on earlier, I, you know, um, after seven years of working <clears throat> on the same thing for so long, I just um, was like, I'm kind of getting burned out a little bit here. And um, <clears throat> I have to figure out like what I really want to do to like, you know, find my passion again and get that creative energy back. And so that was when I wrote the feature length screenplay of the short film. He comes from a good family. Um, that was three years ago. And, um, and then I realized I was like, this was like the most fun and I just felt so inspired and I just wanted to keep doing that. And then, um, it wasn't until 2019 where I was like, you know, I could actually like, I could actually do this. I could put together a team and, and just, um, produce this, direct it. And I was really intimidated and it was kind of scary, but it feels very, uh, I feel very proud of, of it now. Um, but, but yeah. Okay. You just said a lot of cool things, but first of all, did you just say that you were in a band? Yes, I was. I played bass. That's awesome. Yeah. I played bass. Oh my God. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't play it anymore. I have my bass. Sometimes I'll like touch it and um and like mess around, but all my calluses are gone. I really I really miss playing music. <laughs> yeah. I play the sitar. Oh wow, how badass is that? I love that. <laughs> I mean I was never in a band. I just like play. That's so cool though. So cool. No one. <laughs> <laughs> I also am um my calluses are also fading. Oh, it's a sad story. It's such a process to get them back. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Okay. You were in a band. What was your book about? Uh, so my book was a, it was like a fantasy. It was, it was like a young adult fantasy and, um, you know, it was like, I was planning it to be a trilogy and, um, it, it's, it's so much to explain. I <laughs> like, it, it, it just feels like a lot. Um, because it, it was literally just me sitting down, like mapping out this entire trilogy and then writing about like four drafts of it. Um, but it was like, it took place in like a different world. Um, and it, 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 it's a lot. Let's just say it's a lot. Oh, I love it. Yeah. We don't have to get too much. Into it. <laughs> um, <laughs> it sounds great though. Um, it's it's really hard, I think, to get into anything creative when you have no connections to it. So I just love how much like you have been so diverse with your creative outlets. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I, I also am just I kind of am a person that just really like commits to something. Um, if I find something that I really like, I just kind of, you know, kind of just go full force into it. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. And so that, that was kind of, cause back when I was playing music too, it just felt like, Oh, this is like what I want to, this is, I want the band to get successful. Like this is what I want. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I think I just, uh, I like a lot of different things and I just, uh, I just try to commit. <laughs> yeah. How do you kind of um, keep the motivation 
going? Because I just think that for South Asians in general, creativity is so much seen as like this hobby, but you have always taken it very seriously. And you've had other pursuits Mm -hmm. that like, you know, worked out in whatever certain ways, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, my question to you was about motivation. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely hard. I think that like, um, you know, it's really easy to kind of get like deflated when, when you're just kind of feeling like, uh, your, your, just your creative energy is really low and you're just like, I don't even know like, uh, where this is going. Um, I, I try not to think too far into the future about anything that I'm doing. I just really like to, um, just enjoy the process of creating something. Um, and that mm-hmm. in itself is just more rewarding than like, um, than, than anything else. So, um, so yeah, so I think that like to stay motivated, it's just like you, you know, just have to feel like you really believe in the thing that you're, you're working on. And, um, yeah, I, but there are days that it's really hard. (laughs) I think that creativity requires presence. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's really, really good advice. It's very true. I was just thinking like what you just said, I try not to think like too far ahead about what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. like that just came into my head that, yeah, I I think that this is what creativity requires. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's important to not focus on end results too much, you know, Um, because then I I would just start freaking out if that was the case. Because um, you know, it went back when I was working on the book, it was always like, I need to get an agent or I need to get this like publisher to look at this. And it just always felt like, um, you know, that was, with, uh, there were some times where I was like, is that what I'm like looking for? And then that's not, that was not the case. So whenever I felt like I was leaning to- too much towards like, oh, when this agent gets it, that's when it's going to be awesome. But I, I felt like it's more important just to be completely present in whatever it is that you're working on versus whatever you're going to get in the end, I guess. You know what? That actually reminds me a lot of my previous life, I guess, as an industrial designer. Mm. Um, Because I feel like I got into design because I just like, I mean, I, I obviously just like love it so much, right? Like I love the creative process and everything. But in the real world, being a designer or being a consumer product designer means like it's a very results driven process. Right. And it feels like I don't get to enjoy the parts of creativity that I actually enjoy. I'm more thinking about the end product, um, which is fine for a lot of people. It just like didn't really work for me. I didn't feel like I was like living in the moment of that creative um, idea or like those sparks that, you know. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I think that it's, it, it is a good motivator to be like, you know, I'm working towards this goal. I think having goals and all of that, that's really important. Um, but at the same time, if you're kind of leaning towards too much of like, oh, like, because I feel like that's a very fragile kind of thought to be like, oh, if I get this and everything is going to work out. And there have been plenty of times like, you know, when I was working on the book, for example, where it was like, I would get like an agent that, um, you know, was really interested in the book. And then um, ultimately, it didn't work out. And then it felt like the end of the world, kind of, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's like, it felt, I feel like when you do that, then you, you can just, you're more fragile that way. And then you kind of can, like, you can just kind of get teared down um, easily that way. So 
I think it, it happens so easily to to creatives and I'm not even really talking about brown people at this point I think it just happens so easily to creatives because like we tend to be the type of people that live in like the philosophy of things right I feel I don't know maybe that's the wrong assessment maybe I maybe I'm the one that lives in the philosophy of like what it is I'm doing um that's interesting so what do you mean by philosophy exactly um I guess uh so like if I'm Okay, that's a good question. <laughs> I feel like I live in this like philosophical space where I'm always thinking about like the purpose of things and like what is the meaning behind this thing that I'm doing mm-hmm. and not thinking as much about like what is the end result. And that's probably why I got into um I'm a teacher now for people who don't know this about me. Yeah. Um and so I feel like that's how I got into education because I'm always thinking about like, oh, what's the theory of this? And like right. all right, what's like the um in I don't know, like even thinking about applications mm-hmm. um in a more like abstract way and not thinking as much about like, all right, um, how do I like get this product out on the market, for example, or something like that. Right. Um, which I do right. think about because I think it's super interesting to think about stuff. But like that's kind of where it ends for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Definitely. Maybe that's like a me thing though. No, I I can see how that makes sense for sure. Um yeah, it, but it can be hard not to kind of get into your own head about mm-hmm. certain things. But yeah. Yeah. And so I think um, <laughs> I'm trying to formulate this question. Um, how, do you, how do you go from that kind of like, all right, I have an idea. I've got like this thing I want to do to, okay, how do I execute? Yeah. And, I guess more specifically for this film. Yeah. So for the film, it was like, it was really interesting uh, because of just like the weird timeline where it was like, you know, the inception of the idea was three years ago. And then, um, you know, the kind of, I kind of put it away and then two years later decided to make a short film on it. Um, and it was really like, just, it was my like kind of decision of being like, I am going to, pursue film in any way that I can this year. Um, and then kind of, I was talking to one of my friends at work who was also a filmmaker and he was just like, and I was telling him about the idea and he was like, this is, this is a really cool idea. Like I, this could actually be like a short film. And he was like, he was saying how so many like, you know, newer directors, like they just make shorts, like they make shorts and they get recognized, um, just by, you know, like the work that they're kind of putting out on their own. Um, and from there, like there are, there are a lot of short films that, um, are offered, um, you know, a film deal to make a feature length, um, film. Um, there's so many examples of that. Um, there's a director, um, who made this short film called lights out. Um, it's literally a three minute short film that's on YouTube and it just went viral and it, uh, it pretty much just like it took off. And now it's like, um, an actual movie called lights out that came out a couple years ago. And that mm-hmm. director directed Shazam. And I think his name is David Sonberg. Or I, I'm like, I'm really bad at names, but mm-hmm. I, I just remember his success story. And I just thought that was really inspiring. Um, but there's so many short films that um, start off as short films and then they kind of get developed uh, later on. And so I knew that this was a very strong concept 
And I was like, it would be really, really amazing if we could get this as a feature length. And so the short film, um, I really wanted it to be a fully rounded, solid short film, but also have it be a proof of concept of it being a bigger um, feature length film. So um, I don't know if I lost track of your question. I don't know if I answered it, but that that's kind of like where it, where it started, where I was like, okay, this is like what I need to do. I need to make a short film from there. I trying to figure out casting. I like went on backstage, casted pretty much everybody from backstage. Um, Riley, who's um, in the film, he plays Jim. He was, I worked with him on a music video. He was in a music video for my sister, uh, Pecky Savan. And, um, and so we had, uh, for the, the lead actress role, we had like two bigger actresses that were interested. I had reached out to a couple of like bigger name people that were both interested. Um, and we we're really close to signing both of them and then really last minute fell through. Um, and so that was kind of like a bummer, but, um, that was okay because then that kind of led me to Shampa, who is, you know, up and coming comedian slash actress who is very, very talented. And I felt really lucky that I got to meet her. Um, and I feel like she is the perfect person for, uh, this role. And I feel like it's, it's just perfectly casted. Um, and then I went on Mandy.com and, um, put up a posting for a director of photography and went through so many applications and then landed on Polyus. And Polyus was a terrific cinematographer. And I just feel like we were so aligned on like all of the shots and everything about the movie. And that's the sign of like, that's the kind of DP you want to work with is when the director and the DP are like super in sync and we agree on pretty much everything. Um, and, and so, yeah. And then from there, it kind of the same thing. I, I kind of just hired everybody off of Mandy, um, Mandy.com, which is a great, uh, this podcast is not sponsored by Mandy.com, but I'm talking about <laughs> Mandy.com enough for it to be. Um, it's, it's really great. And there are so many filmmakers, people that you can find, um, people that you can find sound mixers on there, editors on there, like everything. So um, I hired a bunch of people from there. And then, um, and so then, yeah, we, we, you know, it was about a nine month process of pre-production of getting everything together, hiring everybody, figuring out location. Um, I did production design with my sister on this. Um, uh, the entire house that you see, everything in the short film was filmed in one house. Um, and the living room scene, which is most of the film, um, there's like this fantastic wallpaper and there's all these props and everything that was all added in. Like that room was a completely blank slate. Um, mm -hmm. so it took about a month of kind of filling it in and making it look like super lived in, um, so that was a whole process, uh, which was really fun. Production design is like a really fun job. Um, and, um, and then, yeah, and then we filmed this, uh, it was the week weekend before Thanksgiving. And then it took me about, uh, seven months to edit the whole thing. Um, and editing it was, was challenging cause I've never done an actual narrative short film. I've done music videos and, and little things like that, but, you know, cutting together dialogue and making scenes work. And, you know, you had a, you had the scene in, in your head a certain kind of way when you're shooting it, but then when you're editing it, it just, it's just like, Oh, this is like not what I was, it's really not translating the way I thought it was going to. So then you kind of have to rework some stuff. And, um, so that was, it was a little bit challenging, but I really love the editing process. That might be my favorite part of filmmaking. Um, 
I really love directing. I think directing is really great, but there's something uh, about being in front of your computer with your headphones on kind of zoned in on like editing. That's really fun too. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the entire process was about um, a year and a half. Um, Wow. Yeah. Can I tell you a secret? I actually feel like it would be so fun. I've always thought that it would be so fun to be like a set designer or like a prop designer for like movies and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like I could do it. I have a master's in industrial design. (laughs) Oh my God. You totally could. Yeah. I don't know why I never got into it. I think it'd be so cool actually. It's so fun. Maybe one of these days. It's so fun. It's so fun. Maybe the next one I can have you on board. (laughs) Yes. I would love, I like need to get back into more design stuff. Like I'm a math teacher and that's great. I've been doing a lot of math because I love it, (laughs) but also like, Yeah. yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, my 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 sister uh, Pecky, she she was such a great help with the with uh, the short film. Like we just had so much fun, kind of putting everything together um, for it. It was yeah, it's a fun job. It's really fun. That's awesome. I have a question for you. Yeah. Why did you choose this specific topic to talk about for this film? Um. Well, I think that like. I knew that it was a re- relatable subject and it, it was also just maybe something cause it, it, the idea came to me like, you know, in my mid twenties and that was when like general anxiety of like, you know, what are you supposed to do with your life? And, you know, this is the time to settle down and all of that kind of stuff, kind of just general anxiety about, um, about that and feeling like I, Oh, I need to like get married or something like that. Um, and I, I just, I have general anxiety about like everything anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a lot of anxiety growing up of just like what the, what I'm supposed to be doing career wise or whatever it is, or like what society is like wanting me to do, especially like, you know, being Indian and feeling like, you know, um, you know, I have an older sister who's a pharmacist and like, I know my parents are super happy that she's a pharmacist, but like, um, but I kind of, you know, I have a good job at Squarespace, but like, um, I'm, you know, pursuing something creative. Uh, but to, to kind of go back to your question of why it, it, I picked this subject, I think that it was something that I had personal anxiety about at the time when the idea, uh, kind of came into fruition. Um, mm-hmm. so like anxiety about, um, if you were going to get married or settle down or like about your family, Right. I think that I just had this fear of myself settling for something that I didn't want um, at the time. And it's hard to feel like, you know, that's something that you want when you haven't like met the person that you want to be with. Um, And so at the time, it just kind of felt like, uh, oh, this just is scary because I don't, you know, um, feeling like, oh, this is like something that I'm supposed to do. But like, um, I like I didn't want to do it because like oh this is what, what I'm supposed to do um, mm-hmm. yeah if that makes sense but then at the same time it's like you don't want to let other people down right I think that you know and and I'm really lucky my parents don't are <laughs> never force me into a arranged marriage there are a couple people that were like is this like inspired by true events and I'm like no absolutely not um, <laughs> my parents were never the forceful kind they are like definitely. Um, a lot more relaxed and they're a lot more cool than a lot of other Indian parents that are out there because there are some crazy people out there. Um, But uh, I feel really lucky that like I I didn't have that. But I think that um, 
it, it felt like this innate, like, um, pressure that I was putting on myself where I felt like if I didn't, like, I, I felt like my parents want that for me. Um, or, you know, at the time I really felt like that. And, um, I was like, if I don't, then I'm going to be disappointing them in some way. Um, so I think that it was more so just like pressure I was putting on myself because it was something I was supposed to do, but I like, like hadn't done it yet. If that Mm. makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does make sense. And it kind of makes sense too why that manifests into horror. And then with like, kind of a side or like a touch of humor because I feel like sometimes when you look out from the outside in on your anxieties like I don't know they can be a little humorous Mm -hmm. yeah they can be just kind of ridiculous sometimes yeah (laughs) I mean that's the nature of the stuff you choose to be anxious about for you know whatever reason exactly exactly um, how was like how has the film been received by your family and stuff um, well, my mom really likes it. My mom, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's funny because I was not expecting my mom to like, like it as much as she did. She, she's just being so sweet and supportive about it. Um, she watched it a couple of times and I just, it made me really happy. Um, I think my dad liked it. Um, there, there are some people in my, um, like in my family that like, um, we're not like crazy about it. Um, and it, you know, it has to do a lot with, um, just some of the cultish stuff that was in the film. There's a lot of like, you know, it's, it's centered around a demon and cults and, you know, all this stuff. And I come from a very religious, uh, background, very religious family. I grew up Christian. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up teaching Sunday school, um, Throughout my 20s, I was part of a church where I would like, you know, go to like small group every week. And um, most of my friends were like all Christians. And um, so it was um, so it was interesting. Like I like um, I think some people are a little like concerned about that, um, (laughs) which is silly because it's just like it's just a film. But um, but yeah. Yeah. Did you know that people might potentially be offended by it? Oh, yeah. There were plenty of times where I felt kind of anxious about it. And there were times where I was like, I'm like, oh, should I should I go that far or should I like not? And and the film, nothing like that extreme happens. But like, um, it's extreme enough that you're like, oh, if like my pastor, <laughs> like I, like the, my like childhood pastor in Texas, like, <laughs> like watches this, like he's not going to be happy about it. Um, so there were plenty of times where I was like, oh, like I, I was even debating if I should even show it to my family. Um, but I think now, you know, we're in, in social media and all my family, they all, you know, everyone's connected through social media. So it's hard to kind of you know, hide anything from anybody. And, and I, I don't have any intention of hiding it from anyone, but um, I absolutely did feel like, okay, yeah, there are going to be people that um, are not happy with this. <laughs> yeah. Have you received any kind of criticisms like that from anyone outside of your circle? Um, outside of family? No. Um, okay, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, but I, I don't know, like, I don't really keep in touch with a lot of like, my like church friends that I kind of had. Um, so I don't really know how, how my, (laughs) 
my old like church friends would think about it or, you know, it's not like they were all like super like strict about stuff. It just kind of felt like at the, like, I feel like if I was still in part of a church like, like that, and I was making a, a film like this, I don't think I would have done it because I feel like it would still be like this thing of like, you know, you have an opportunity to make a film and then, you know, it's based off, you know, um, a demon cult, uh, rather than, you know, you know, the grace of God or whatever, (laughs) but like, uh, um, but I, I think that like the demon cult part of the short film is such a small percentage of whatever it is that I'm really trying to tell with the story. So Mm-hmm. And what is it that you're really trying to tell with the story? Well, I think that what what's the scary part or what, what, what it is that people feel scared by when they watch it is just like this girl that is pressured into this that feels like she doesn't have a choice um, and she feels trapped. I think that's the scary part of it. Um, and that that's unfortunately like a reality for a lot of people. Um, and the theme could even go beyond like it just being about an arranged marriage. It could be about anything. It could be about a girl that's forced to be a doctor by her parents or, you know, it's just, it's just that very relatable um, theme of feeling like you don't have a choice um, in your life, like especially a big life choice, like marriage or your career or something like that. So um, that's really what I wanted to show. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that you draw a connection between, um, I guess, like typical South Asian parent attitudes and like this cultish behavior. I don't think it's that far fetched. And like I was saying more towards the beginning of the episode that like, this isn't horror, this is my life. (laughs) Um, And like, it was kind of a joke, but also kind of not. I think like sometimes Indian parents will really just do anything for peace of mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, absolutely. It's so interesting because it's like, and I don't want to give away the end of the short film for like anyone who hasn't seen it, but like, um, you know, I think that like the concept of peace of mind, that's something that a lot of like parents or family in general kind of want versus like what makes, you know, like their child happy. I think it's like, well, if I, if my daughter is a doctor like, even if she's miserable being a doctor, I know that I have a daughter that's a doctor and I can tell all my friends that my daughter is a doctor versus like my daughter is miserable being a doctor. But mm-hmm. the parent has this peace of mind or even with marriage, it's like, oh, like my daughter's married and, you know, she might not be in a good marriage, but at least she's married. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah. And I really believe that they mean well. I really oh, do believe yeah. that that and so I, I just want to put that disclaimer in for anyone listening oh my god um, no absolutely I really believe that, yeah yeah I really believe that they mean well but I think it's like it's just so interesting that this is that is the moment when they forget about like their child's happiness right and I think that but that's the part about it that makes it feel cultish and I think that's a thing also that I would even argue the the point of like they mean well I do agree that like it's not that it's because they're mean or evil or something like that. It's just, it's feeling like they mean well, but it's like meaning well for who exactly, you know, mm-hmm. they, I think they think that's like, that would make their child happy. But if they see that that's not making them happy, um, 
I, I don't know. I just, I, it's such an interesting thing that I, I like, I, and it, it's not the same case for all parents. So I, I don't want to like offend anybody, but like, um, but yeah, I think that if you see that someone's unhappy, I just feel like that's something that you should, you should see and feel if it's your own kid. Um, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like this weird indoctrination, again, like obviously not for everybody, but for some people where like suddenly you get to the topic of career or something like that or marriage yeah. and it's like they just become like very blind. Right. They just suddenly turn off all their senses and right. it's like, what happened? Like, right. Right. Or like, you know, they, they all grew up having arranged marriages and that's all they, I think it's hard because it's like, if that's all they know, you Mm -hmm. know, then something different just kind of is scary and foreign and weird. And they don't want to, you know, they, they like, so I do agree with the, like, you know, um, they mean well because they feel like if they don't Mm -hmm. go by like this, like, like you said, indoctrinated, um, thing in their mind then they'll feel like oh they're putting their kid in like danger or whatever it is um yeah but, i mean uh, I, it can be dangerous to not have like stability or relationship stability absolutely like it's very fair it's very fair but i think you can do anything on your own as well um right. i i really do believe in like independence even when you're in a relationship and not feeling like you're codependent mm-hmm. on anybody um but but that's just like a whole other topic. But. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You talked before about how this film was like a way of getting creative energy back. Yeah. Did you feel like it was a struggle to kind of show your authentic self? Like how was that journey of like putting yourself into this film? Um. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that like um... – that's the thing about like doing anything creative, like writing wise, it's like you, it's hard not to put yourself in it. Um, and, uh, I don't know. I think that like, you have to kind of, I always like try to follow my instincts of whatever feels right to the story and to just, you know, whatever, um, whatever feels right for the character. Um, so you know, I really believe that with writing, I love this quote a lot. It's from this film called Ruby Sparks, where it's like, you know, good writing, like when you're like in a good, like writing session, it feels like the writing is coming through you rather than from you. Um, so it feels kind of like the story has a life of its own, but you're just a messenger telling the story. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's like this innate, like instinct, instinctual feeling that I feel when I'm writing and I'm like, this feels right. Or if I'm like, ah, let me hold back a little bit. Maybe I shouldn't do that. That's when I'm like, oh, that writing is coming from me. And that doesn't feel like that's right. So, um, so yeah, I just try to push out any feelings that I have personally and just try to let the story take a life of its own. Um, if that makes sense. It makes total sense. I like to think of it as like, we're like radios and we receive signals and we just kind of channel them out. Um, but they can't really exist without having, like having you to like interpret those. Right signals and radio it's, it's like the weirdest thing but like it really is true uh yeah. like those moments where i'm writing and it, it's just like coming like 
it literally just feels like the story is just taking over and I'm just like, ah, trying to keep up sometimes. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, it's pretty cool. So yeah, I, I think that I just tried. So in that sense, like being authentic, I just, I just try to stay authentic to the story for sure. Mm-hmm. Despite like any anxieties or barriers you may have faced. Exactly. And I, and that kind of goes back to like what I was feeling about, you know, like, you know, this has to do with demon cults. This has to do with like, you know, it's just a little out there. Um, and you know, I don't really know how people are, what people are going to think if they see it. Like if I were writing it with that mindset, then it, the, the film just wouldn't be what it is right now. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. yeah, um, it's important to not like hold yourself back and just go for it no matter how weird it is. And my film was pretty that. weird. <laughs> I love that. Um, so yeah, so you've seen you you said that your family and everyone has seen it. Um, mm-hmm. Do you not not just the film? Actually, like if we just even forget the film for a second, you've mentioned before that you've had anxieties about like making your family proud and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. How do you kind of how do you feel about that these days? Like, do you feel like you've made them proud? Um, I I don't know. I I think so. I I mean, no, no, no. I I I definitely think that they're um proud in that like I am working hard towards something. You know, I um, you know, I have a, a stable job. I work you know at Squarespace full time, and um, I am actively pursuing my creative endeavors and like uh I know that they appreciate that like I, I know that they see that and they're proud of that um there the, the anxiety that it kind of comes up sometimes for me is like feeling like um and this you know I think it's just I think a lot of kids feel that with their parents of just like you know they want to be like the perfect daughter the perfect son you know um and I've always been very unconventional like throughout my entire life I've never done anything that I I felt like I was supposed to do because, you know, whatever. Um, I, you know, ever since I was really young, I wanted to, to pursue something creative. Um, and because the stuff that I wanted to do is just so different from like everybody else, like in my family or like in my, you know, in like the social circle and like in like our Indian community just felt so different that I felt like almost like in a way that it was like wrong or that I was just like kind of weird or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. so I think that, I would sometimes like get like this thing in my head of like, I, uh, cause sometimes I wonder, I'm like, do my parents wish that I was also just like a pharmacist, like my older sister, or that I was just kind of more like this or whatever, whatever the case may be. Like, um, so I think that's something that I struggle with. Um, sometimes is just feeling like if I'm kind of what I'm doing right now is, is kind of enough. Um, so. Hmm. Were you like that weird, like creative kid growing up that everybody was kind of like, she's great, but she's also kind of just quirky and like don't really know what she's doing sometimes. Um, yeah, I don't think I was like that. I was really okay. like, I didn't... Just, it was just funny hearing yourself, hearing you describe yourself, and I just oh, wondered. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I was like, I, I was very shy when I was little. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm, I'm a, actually like a pretty quiet person in general, even now. Um, but growing up, I was very quiet. I. 
um, in high school, I was kind of like, it was very nerdy and dorky and it was keep to myself all the time. And I would just be writing these like little stories in my notebook. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I was constantly in my head always like just kind of being like the, the weird, uh, quiet kid that just like wrote all the time. <laughs> um, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I still am a weird, quiet person that writes all the time. So I don't really know if things have changed. (laughs) No, that's good. I like it when people retain many of their childhood qualities. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad some stuff from my childhood stayed. I'm really glad some other stuff is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Um, It's funny hearing you talk about your parents, too, and like whether or not like trying to assess whether or not they're proud of you or how they really feel. I think it's just like this big, it's very relatable. I think it's just like this big question mark for a lot of people, right? Like it's definitely a question mark for me. Do you feel, Um, do you feel that way sometimes with your, your parents or your family? Yeah, I don't, maybe, I don't know. I Mm -hmm. I really don't know. I've had like a couple of career changes. I used to be a mechanical engineer. Then I got into industrial design where I was still, I was still doing engineering, but I was also doing design. And then now like I'm a teacher and it's like, it's very, I think they're just like confused by me at this point. (laughs) Like at best, they're like, oh my God, what is she going to do next? Like, is she going to be okay? That's Um, so cool. I really, really love that. That takes a lot of bravery. Sorry to like kind of put the spotlight on you for a second, but uh, no, it's yeah, <laughs> I think that takes a lot of courage to like you know change stuff up. A lot of people don't do that, so props to you for that. Thank you, I super appreciate that. Yeah, it was a weird time. Um, I'm still kind of trying to figure out if this is right for me. I don't know. It feels right. It better be right. Like I can't go through yeah. another career change. <laughs> no, I understand that. Yeah. Coming from someone that also like, you know, uh, when I was like writing for so long, it was really scary to kind of be like, you know, I'm just going to work on film now. It, it, it feels scary. Cause you're like, wow, like I worked so hard on this other thing and now I'm kind of doing something new. And like, what if I fail here? What if I do something else? But you kind of have like, and like that kind of touches back on what we were talking about earlier is like, don't think too far into the future um, and just stay present for sure. And I think that's what happened with me. It's like, I just kept thinking so far into the future. And so I ended up doing things that I knew would be good for the long term, right? Like engineering is like good money. And like, I know I'll be safe. I know I'll be secure. Right. kind of the problem too with um a lot of like these this like parental mentality right yeah. is that they're thinking and that's not in a bad way that they're thinking far ahead that's what parents do right yeah but um yeah. I don't know I think it's hard to um mediate mm-hmm. or what's the word I'm looking for um negotiate like between okay like what what do I really need right now versus what do I need like mm-hmm. 12 years from now sure yeah that's a lot of pressure too yeah <laughs> yeah it is I really I feel like you're really interesting to talk to because you've also just had like all these career changes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I I think that like um yeah it's it, like creatively I, I've like kind of been doing so many different things. Um, I, I think once I pick something, I'm always really like, or when I'm focused on something, I'll just stick with it. And I like 
will stick with it until I know it's like not right anymore. Um, and I feel like I needed to go through all of that to get to where I am now. I think that like with film, I've, I haven't felt, you know, I think I mentioned this in that post that I, I shared with you, um, for the, uh, Instagram post uh, Mm -hmm. last week where I was like, I really have never felt as like creatively energized as I do with film. Like this is like the Mm -hmm. first time where I feel like this was what I was always meant to do. Um, and I knew that that was the case when I was really young. And then, um, there was a point on in time when I was like, it was on set. I think it was for, he comes from a good family. We're shooting one of the scenes and it was very stressful. It was like one of the stress, more stressful scenes. Um, um, I think it was probably the kitchen scene. That was a really hard one to, to mm-hmm. shoot. Um, we were in there, but I remember just kind of getting this clarity and I felt like I was like, I feel like this is where I'm meant to be like this. I'm standing here right now looking at this monitor and I'm like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And I've never really had that like moment of clarity doing anything else. Um, and I, I never really felt that with writing the book. I I always really loved writing. And, and I think that it's because like writing that book and, and filmmaking, it kind of goes hand in hand because it's storytelling. Um, so I think storytelling has always been my thing, but, um, finding like kind of now working in film, it really feels like, oh, this is actually what I meant to do. (laughs) So it's, um, so I really do feel like even though I had all of like my exploring, um, you know, my create, my creativity exploring that I had, um, it all led me to this path and I feel really, um, I just feel just so happy about that. And I feel like the whole journey was worth it. You know, that's so awesome. I hope that everybody has that moment. I hope so too. It's a great, great feeling. Yeah. And I'm, I'm happy that, you know, you figured out that this is, this is what's right for you. Just cause like, I don't know, I feel like you've been through so many like challenges in your creative life and like, oh my God, yeah, it's a lot. It's hard. Um, but I'm glad that you made it there. And like, you know, you went through the changes that you needed to go through. Cause like, not to be dramatic, but I feel like your life depends on like whether or not you're happy, right? Like, oh God, I, yeah. like, I'm not even talking about like death or something. I'm not talking about life and death. I'm just talking about like the quality of your life. Yeah. It literally depends on whether you're happy and like, absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. That, I know, feel you know, just, it just, yeah. it's a feeling that it's really hard to like, yeah, I, I can't imagine feeling this way doing anything else. Like it just feels like this is right. And it's like the happiness, the peace, the like just the contentment that I feel, the excitement that I feel. It's all just ah, I'm just really, really glad I found it. <laughs> That's great. Uh so what's next for you? Um, so what's next? I have another project that I'm working on um that will be uh, a thing soon. Um, I'm being very, very vague about it. Um, but I'm kind of <laughs> developing another project. Um, and, um, I'm also working on just the feature length, uh, script of, um, of he comes from a good family. I have like a first draft of it, but, um, you know, I think I mentioned this earlier, the first draft was more like a, a comedy. It was very slapstick. It was, uh, mm-hmm. like, the evil dead or, you know, drag me to hell. It was very like Sam Raimi, like blood and gore. And it was like ridiculous. Um, and so (laughs) the short film was not that tone at all. It's very like, um, very, very different. So, uh, 
Uh, I'm just kind of developing and working on just the treatment and the script for that. And um, just going to try to see what I can do during this weird pandemic that we're in right now. It's, it's mm-hmm. uh, very unfortunate for a lot of filmmakers. Um, I mean, now sets are, are opened up, but uh, obviously with, we have to take precautions. But um, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we're just going to ride out the rest of 2020 and see see how it goes. I love that. I'm excited to see what you do next. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. Uh, and thank you. Thanks for watching the short film, even though you're scared of watching anything <laughs> scary. I do feel like this weird, I feel really, um, I'm, I'm honored that you watched the short film after the last scary thing you saw with Sixth Sense. <laughs> no, I'm really glad I watched it. Sure. And I'm happy that you made it. I hope that it reaches audiences far and wide. Small. Thanks, girl. So this was great. I want to start wrapping this up. But before I do, um, wanted to see if there's anything that you wanted to add that I did not ask you about. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, I really, really enjoy this conversation. I mm-hmm. maybe can just plug that my short film, He Comes From a Good Family, is available on Film Shortage. Um keep an eye out for some festival stuff uh this uh this fall um all festivals are virtual but um there will be some online screenings for it uh which i'm excited about um and uh and i did win an independent shorts award for um best female director which i was very like not expecting and was really excited and mostly I'm just really excited because they're going to screen the film virtually to a a full audience so I'm really I just get really excited just seeing it kind of seeing the film out there and getting new people watching it and messaging me and telling me their thoughts and stuff I think that's the most rewarding part um, about it so yeah wow um, I feel like we should have started the episode with that (laughs) That's so that's so cool and exciting. Yeah, I I'm just I feel really um yeah, it's it's a weird feeling, but like um it feels like very gratifying and and just like I said rewarding just seeing people that I don't know watch it and then just give me like their full-fledged like reaction and they're like what? So that <laughs> that makes me really really happy. That just makes me the happiest. Great. Okay, one more question for you. How do we find you? Oh, so you can find me on Instagram. Um, I said that really weird. Instagram. Uh, Instagram. <laughs> um, my handle is Anisha Savin. So at Anisha Savin. And, um, and yeah, and I'm on Twitter too. So all my handles are the same, just my first and last name. Okay, cool. And how do we watch the film? Um, yeah, so you can see that on Film Shortage. So filmshortage.com slash he comes from a good family. Um, and all of the links to all of the things that I've worked on previously, I've done a couple of music videos for my sister, Pecky as well. Um, and you'll find a link tree in my bio. So you can kind of check out all my work there if you're interested. Awesome. I'm going to link all of that stuff on the website and I'll also put it on the description of this episode. It was so great to have you here. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. So that is the end of the episode. You can, if you have thoughts, comments, you can reach out at tdcpodcast.com or you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Desi Condition or you can email at the Desi Condition 
at gmail.com. If you are listening on a platform on which you can leave ratings and reviews, please consider doing so and tell your friends about this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.